So welcome to another episode of Twice Told Tales podcast. Uh, today we're going to talk to uh, Fatameh, who is from Iran. She was born and raised in Iran uh, to an Iranian mother and Kenyan father. We are going to hear a very interesting story that I personally am looking forward to. Uh, but I'm going to let Fatima start by introducing herself. Fatima, can you please tell me uh, about yourself, what you do right now, and where you live? Hello, I'm Fatima, and uh, I'm from Iran. You know, I was born and brought up in Iran. Uh, uh, and now I'm uh, the head of an NGO uh, called uh, Color of Alive. And uh, we work uh, for the children of war, and um, that's it. Okay. And what do you, or which countries, uh, or which nationalities are you mainly concerned with at your NGO? Uh, you know, um, uh, our activities uh, are in about uh, 50 uh, countries. Um, in the Middle East and uh, African countries. Uh, and also we had a, a short time program in, um, um, in South America. Nice, Colombia. in South America, in Colombia. It's, Interesting. And the, what exactly? The, the NGO is based out of Iran or where is it based out of? Uh, yes, yes. It's an Iranian NGO. Oh, that's, that is. That is yes. really interesting. You know, we, huh. we, we support the children, the children of war, uh, and uh, the children uh, in, in that, 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 that have bad situations um, uh, to study. Uh, and uh, we have some uh, different, uh, um, uh, different way of, uh, different ways of uh, supporting them uh, to continue their study. Uh, and uh, I, I, and as I know, uh, now we have uh, more than um, 1,000 children around the world in 15 countries. 1, Interesting. Yes. Do you also work with children of Palestine? Uh, yes, Palestine, Syria, Yemen, um, uh, also um, Afghanistan, uh, Lebanon. Mm. Uh, in uh, and uh, in uh, eastern part of um, uh, of Asia, in uh, in Bangladesh, I mean the mm -hmm. um, refugee children of of Myanmar, and also oh, uh, uh, yes, and uh, um, uh, African countries in Chad. Um, uh, in uh, Senegal, uh, Cameroon, Kenya, uh, Mali. Um, I think I've left some countries, but it's like that. Um, yeah. And that's, so, that's how how does a new country get involved? Like, how do you do? You have a country representative in the country, or do you uh, work directly with the families of the children, or uh, how do you do that? Yes, yes, yes. You know, in uh, in all these countries, we have some friends that they uh, follow up our programs and uh, any countries that um, that we, we, we have these friends uh, that can uh, follow up the program, we start the projects. So they are like like volunteer country representatives. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. OK, oh, that's that's a good way to organize. Thank you so much. Yeah, so who started who started this organization? How did it get started? Um, you know, uh, it was about uh, five years ago uh, that uh, we started um, uh, the, uh, the, the, the project that is called uh, Tabasson uh, to um, support the, these children. And uh, my friends and I, um, we, uh, you know, uh, 
before that, we just uh, work. Um, uh, we, we 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 are some um, some um, we had some peace activities, uh, but uh, after uh, since five years ago, uh, we uh, we try to focus on children uh, issues, uh, the children of war, uh, because uh, we believe that if we can help them. Uh, we can help the world uh, to have uh, more peace and justice. And are and, you more concerned with educating these children or are there other uh, like activities that you have? Because you uh, mentioned I education. Ex uh, excuse me, I didn't hear you. Mm -hmm. Well, I ask, are you working more with educating these children or are there oh. other activities? Uh, yes, because yes, you mentioned education. Yes, yes. you know, uh, unfortunately, like, in some countries, uh, when when we wanna uh, have any um, educating program, uh, before that we have uh, to feed these children because they are uh, they they live in a very um, uh, low situation, very bad situation. Uh, but uh, our focus is in uh, um, educating the children. Yeah, Chris, did you want to ask a question? Oh, I, I was just wondering who the people were who started it. Like, who were the core start uh, founders of the organization? And when uh, did it get started? I think it was Fatima and your friend. The question is, uh, like, Fatima, you said that you and a few other friends started this NGO together like yes. about five years ago. Yes, is yes. that five correct? Five years ago, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, so that was during, yeah, well that's, there's a lot a lot of new wars since the last five years, I guess. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So how do, yeah, you, so how do you manage the like political drama around a war, for example, if you were to go want to help children in Ukraine right now, there would be a very big, uh, there would be an issue if you wanted to go help children that you would probably have to um, sort of take sides in the conflict because there's uh, you know, such that, strong divisions. Uh, uh, yeah, so how do you manage I that? I got your point. Uh, you know, uh, not... Uh, for uh, for me and for my friends, uh, not, uh, not the uh, mm, mm, political issues, not uh, re religious issues, not something else is are important. Uh, we just uh, help the children uh, that need that that we think that they need help. Okay, uh, about Ukraine, uh, we tried a lot uh, to find someone there uh, to uh, start a, a project there. But unfortunately, we couldn't. Um, but um, um, you know, uh, as uh, I know, uh, that some of uh, Ukrainian uh, um, refugees are in um, uh, Africa, and we uh, when um, I, I came to Africa, it's about one month, and, and these day I uh, these days I tried a lot uh, to uh, communicate with these refugees, but. Unfortunately, it was impossible. Hmm. Can, can you tell us why it was impossible? Uh, mm, uh, as I, um, you know, it, it needs a lot of permissions uh, from uh, Kenyan government, from Iran government, from UN, something like that. And uh, I, I, I couldn't uh, have all these um, permissions, unfortunately. So you're in Nairobi and, right now, is that right? Uh, yes, yes, I'm so, in Nairobi. Do you have any idea how many Ukrainian refugees are actually in Kenya or have um, been coming to Kenya? Uh, I, I don't think that 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 they are in um, that they are in um, Nairobi. They are in Kenya, uh, but uh, some uh, um, some neighborhood countries uh, such as Rwanda or Burundi. But uh, unfortunately, I can't um, go there. That's you know, the taking visa is very difficult. Um, communicating with them, with them is very difficult, and uh, a lot of problems. Yeah. So Rwanda, I mean, Rwanda is one of the more aligned countries in that region. I mean, Uganda is 
is kind of covertly aligned with U.S. policy. I mean, it's basically an outpost of America. But Rwanda, like politically, outwardly, is extremely aligned with the imperialism in in the world. So so that's fascinating that that is the... So they're they're taking refugees, I guess, from the from Kiev and uh, uh, the, the the western side of Ukraine, I guess. I guess I don't know, but that would be interesting to follow up on that. I, I hope you can find some way of connecting. That would be very interesting. Thank I've you. seen no coverage of that in uh, in the western press about U- Ukrainian refugees in Africa. Okay. Yeah. How do you how do you make sure like if you connect with a group in let's say Lebanon or a country that's pretty well the conflict is pretty well established how, how do you make sure that your donations get to the families that you um, you want you know, them to because is, that's a big problem with NGOs It is more than experience. 10 year uh, 10 years that uh, we work in uh, international issues especially in the Middle East uh, because of that, we have a lot of friends that um, be, uh, before starting the project, uh, we uh, communicate. And after that, when, 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 when we want to start the project, we start with little projects and then uh, we increase this, uh, the, this project and also we, we, we get uh, the, 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 the reports. Um, and um, it is uh, for us. It is very clear uh, because um, uh, our, our project is very, um, you know, how can I tell you? It's very obviously when 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 we want to uh, when when we want to uh, to um, to um, uh, start the the, the project uh, uh, before we start it. Uh, we ask about the costs, uh, and after that we we pay that we, we we pay the donor, and after that we get we, uh, we uh, take them the reports, and uh, and also the 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 they they have to give up the the receipt of the, the of that project. Okay, so you just basically so very... the same timeline or the same strategy as a big NGO. You're just doing it on a small scale. You do reporting. Uh, Repeat, please. I said it's basically louder, the please. same the same strategy that a large NGO does, but you're doing it on a small in a small scale, like pers- more personal. But you're still doing reporting to the donor and reporting from the from the field, which is that's. Uh, it sounds like very well organized and very yeah. transparent, and you have uh, because uh, like that's how I know Fatima because of her um activities as on like someone who knows a lot of people in different countries and uh she also helped other ngos where i was also helping and as a side note uh i remember like there was one event about syria it was the peace pilgrims for syria that one part of it happened in esfahan where i was uh also volunteering as a as an interpreter and we also met uh julian assange's father john shifton if you remember uh so i know that fatima knows a lot of locals in all those different countries and i i assume that's how uh, you establish connections like you know these people they are from those places and they identify people in need and then you have donors and then you like uh, as chris said you have the like reporting and everything so that you follow up on great Great. And who who are uh, most of your donors? Just, okay. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No, no. Go on. I was just asking who who are most of your supporters? Like who supports the organization? How do you? Because you know it's very difficult. Uh, You're in a country that's sanctioned, right? Uh, so it's very difficult to rec- recruit international donation to an Iranian NGO. So it must be mostly Iranians. Is that right? Who's uh, supporting? Yes. Yes. You know, uh, we, we we had some uh, international uh, uh, project uh, for Yemen and Palestine, uh, but um, most of our um, our um, program are donating by Iranian people. Wow. 
Yeah, isn't it fascinating a country add, under sanctions? Uh, yeah, it's very, acting so generously. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a hard enough to survive under sanctions to to think how you know the that's a great act of resistance for Iranians to actually be assisting in. 50, how many countries? 15, 15 countries? You know, uh, you know uh, as, uh, wow. as our projects um, are, not, uh, are not political, and uh, uh, it, I think that this is one of the reasons that uh, different, uh, different kinds of people in Iran, they, they help us. Um, that's um, one of our positive points. Uh, that 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 we are not belong to any of these uh, parties in political parties. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's wonderful. Uh, I just okay. uh, wanted to add uh, that this um, that uh, till now in these five years uh, we um, uh, we built uh, three uh, schools. Uh, one for the children in Myanmar, of uh, children of Myanmar, uh, one in Africa in Chad. Um, the first one is called uh, Shishumela School. The second one, uh, um, School of Abraham, and the third one is School in Iran. Um, and um, I forgot the name. The in um, Lores and the the. the the, the, the idea that 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 had the uh, extreme of fruit. Are you talking about for uh, for Zahab or? Uh, no, 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 no. Oh, that no, was no, in, that was uh, You're talking about Loristan, yeah. Sorry. Uh, yes. I don't know. Uh, unfortunately, I, I I forgot the name, but uh, yes. Then, okay. Uh, if these three schools. Uh, if you we, remember, we can add later, like. Uh, wait, wait, which country were the schools? Yeah, you can just list the uh, countries. You said uh, 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 schools uh, in Myanmar. In, uh, one of them in Bangladesh uh, for the children, uh, for, for the children, uh, for the um, refugee children of Myanmar. Uh, oh, okay, one of in them Bangladesh. in uh, North Africa, uh, <laughs> and uh, one of them in Iran, in Loressa. Wow! Amazing. And, wow, Amazing. that's it's, and those were all funded by Iranian, like private businessmen and uh, that sort yes. of thing. Uh, the 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 school of uh, the school of Iran, the school of um, Loristan, uh, was a uh, was a, a joint program uh, between Iranian and Kashmiri people. Wow, Kashmiri, interesting. Yes. Yes, yes. Wow, amazing. And so who funded the who funded the school in um Chad? You said it was uh, in northern Chad, right? Uh you know, um the it uh, there was an uh, conference for uh for Palestine and uh there was a friend there from Chad and through him we uh, had some other project in Chad and uh the school of Abraham was one of these projects. Wow. Very interesting. Yes. Very interesting. Well, okay. That's yeah. a, that sounds like a very, uh, uh, that sounds like a lot of work on your end to manage 50 different countries donation projects. That is a lot of work. Do you, ha how many people work with you in your office in Iran? Uh, you know, um, we are four. Wow. Four wow. <laughs> yes. Four people overhead. managing 50 countries. Okay. Yes. Yeah. yes. And also, uh, we are four people in Iran and also our friends in other countries that right. help us in projects. Great. Huh. Great. So, Fatameh, tell us about... Um, your father and the story of you living in Iran and being born in Iran. Um, you know, um, my father is a uh, social activist. Uh, before Islamic um, Revolution, uh, he had some uh, activities um, in his own country, in Kenya. 
and um, because of that, uh, he had to leave uh, Kenya and he went to Europe. Um, he was studying there uh, in uh, France and Switzerland. Um, after Iran Revolution, uh, he came to Iran for an international conference. And here, uh, in, I mean, in Iran, they, he, um, he met my mother and they did marry. And after that, uh, they went to Europe, to France, to continue uh, his studying. And also those days, he, uh, he used to uh, teach uh, in uh, Sorbonne University. Um, and um, he um, had his um, activities and continued his activities. And um, uh, once uh, the, mm, the, the, the France police um, arrested him and uh, exiled him to Kenya. Uh, in Kenya, he was in the prison uh, for um, some years. And, uh, and after that, um, he couldn't um, come to Iran. Uh, and my mother and uh, us, I mean, uh, my sister and brother and me, uh, we back to Iran. And um, that's it. Uh, you know, the, 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 the story finished. After that, uh, my father uh, uh, started uh, his new life in, um, in Kenya and my mother and uh, uh, us in uh in Iran. Hmm. And now, just, uh, yes, just uh, some days ago, uh, I could visit him uh, after many years. <laughs> and it was wow. interesting. Yes. Wow. Wow. How did you how did you feel? How, how long hadn't you seen your father? Um, you know, it was about 10 years ago that um, for another conference, my father was invited to Iran, and uh, I saw, I met him there, um, I think, for two two days, uh, but two or three days, uh, but after that, uh, we didn't um, meet each other, and we didn't know anything, uh, we didn't have uh, any information about each other. Uh, but it was uh, last week that uh, I saw him here. Uh, I mean, in a city called Malindi. Um, it was very nice. I was surprised. Wow. It must have feel, felt great yes. I mean, after so many years. So can you tell us, again, this is like up to you. If you can't, it's okay. But can you tell us why, uh, like, what did the French police tell him uh, about his exile into Kenya? Um, you know, um, my father was arrested and uh, the police, um, after arresting him, the police said, uh, we didn't find any documents to arrest you. Uh, but, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, and uh, that is why my mom uh, thought that uh, he will be free. Uh, right. But just uh, one day, uh, he called my mother and he said, I'm there, uh, I'm the airport and I don't know where to go. And mm -hmm. uh, he just, um, as I told you, he just exiled to, he was, he was exiled to um, Kenya. Wow. And then in Kenya, the Kenyan government had to, like, they put him in prison? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, and I, I don't know how many years, but um, mm -hmm. he was uh, in Kenya. He was in the prison um, for maybe um, five, six, something like that uh, years. Mm -hmm. And after that, he, he had a limited uh, freedom. Um, so he he couldn't uh, he couldn't go um, anywhere that that he want 
that you wanted and mm -hmm. uh, had some limitation after uh, after the freedom. I see. And that, so the he, basically the government, like he's he was political. It was a political political persecution in both cases, I guess. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. How did you wow. feel about the whole thing? About the about uh, the whole thing, like what your father went through and what your family had to go through. Um, I I really do not know how how should. Um, you know, it's a life. It's a life. It's uh, everyone um, has his own story. And this is the story of my mother and my father. And, uh, mm. you know, uh, my mother um, knew that uh, this marriage uh, would be a, if she can uh, come to this life, uh, she, she, she would uh, face a lot of difficulty, uh, but mm -hmm. she accepted. And this, for me, uh, this is um, very, um, no, um, it, 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 it shows the power of my mother, power of love of my mother. And um, right. uh, it, it seems that, um, no, it seems that um, uh, uh, all the difficulties is, uh, is for my father. Uh, but right. uh, I know that um, my mother um, never had better situations that, than my father. I see. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's not easy, like being separated because of political persecution, which is nobody else's fault. Yeah. How did your father feel about meeting you after so many years? Um, um, I, you know, I can uh, explain that um, that moment, but um, we just uh, look at each other for some uh, seconds and say nothing, okay. just look at each other. Uh, and after that, the big hug. Uh, that was, you know, the, my father um, uh, could cry, but I couldn't. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, that's a wow. very intense moment. And it, were, did you like communicate with him when you got to Kenya and said, let's meet on this day or whatever? Or did you happen to find him by, like, how did you, how did you, how did you arrange to meet? Had you been calling and communicating with him for a number of years or was this sort of a did you come to Kenya uh, to look for no, him or? no you know uh yeah just, just just with some cousins but not all of them uh we, we had uh, communication in whatsapp uh but um in these days um uh, uh, i saw uh, i think all of my family uh that that is a big family very big family and um I, I we went to uh, my father's city, uh, the city that uh, he was born and brought up. It, it is called Lamo. It's an island. Oh, it's a oh, very okay. beautiful island and very beautiful people. And yeah. uh, you know, we just and um, anywhere that I go, uh, that 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 I went, um, you know, the, they they say, oh, this is your auntie, this is your uncle. This is your auntie again, again, auntie, auntie, auntie. <laughs> Everyone is family. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes, it was very nice. Um, um, for for me, it was very nice because uh, I didn't know that um, my my family uh, do they uh, like us, do they know us or not or not. Uh, but uh, it was very nice because uh, they were they are all very friendly and very kind. Beautiful. Yeah, Beautiful. that's a really nice. The the coast there in Kenya is some of the most beautiful coastline in the world. Uh, yes. 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 
Uh, Sorry, are you really invited to come and see Lamo and visit Lamo? I should. Of the other Chris has been there, right? Chris has been I haven't there. Been to, I haven't been to that exact spot, but I've been to Kenya. Yeah. I've always wanted to go explore the coastline. It's gorgeous. Uh, it's really beautiful. Shit, sometime. Yes. Sorry, yes. one second. I need to change because I think the light is just like one side of my face and it's sorry. Okay, you're going to but see yeah, everything. Kenya is a really yes. interesting place to be. Are you planning on staying there for a while? Uh, sorry? Are you planning on staying in Kenya for a long time? I mean, it's a fantastic place to um, have an NGO. You know, unfortunately, no, because I have a lot of things to do in Iran. And I have to back uh, next week. Um, I was in Kenya for oh. uh, 45 days. And now I'm just um, thinking if uh, I wish uh, I, 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 I could save a little more. But I have a lot of things to do in Iran. And also I miss my mother. Is it easy for you to get a visa to go to Kenya? What? Oh, sorry. We're having a connection issue. So I'm talking over top of you. You, you said you miss your mom. I We had a connection issue, so I talked over top of you. Is, is it easy for you to, like, you have an only Iranian passport, right? Yes, yes. Okay, so it, was it easy for you to get a visa? Yes, very easy. Um, okay. I, I think in three days. I, I oh, could nice. Take it. Yes. Nice. Okay, but, um, you know, my father uh, was in Tanzania um, and I tried to uh, take the, the visa of Tanzania, but uh, it is impossible for Iranian passport, unfortunately. Really? Oh, wow. wow. That's interesting. Yes. Why? Yeah. Why should Tanzania? Wow. I don't you know. You would think it. I mean, Tanzania is much more closely it has a more well islamic it's definitely considered to be more islamic i think i mean there's definitely more of an yes, islamic yes. Some, some people countries. in tanzania yeah so mm -hmm. that's fascinating i mean but you know that's probably one reason is they there's some sort of imperialist anti-terrorism thing where they try and target muslim countries that are that to, to manipulate their policies in favor of the the good good muslim countries and the bad muslim countries because they mm. those are the weak spots like the tanzania would be the weak spot in in u.s hegemony to try and uh, you know pressure iran if you have countries like tanzania that has a large population of muslims very uh and very non-aligned no reason to be aligned they could sway either way and iran could could easily influence Tanzania. So I, I'm sure there's some, I'm just speculating, but I bet you there's some sort of diplomatic game behind that. But it's surprising that you can get yeah. into Kenya, honestly. Kenya is also like, uh, I would, Kenya is very much controlled by the Western European diplomatic arena. Mm. So, but that's great to know. That's a. It's Are there, more Iranians should go to Kenya. It's, it's a great country. Do you, if you do you know if there are many Shias in Tanzania? Because uh, I think there are. Um, there are, like, but not many. I I don't think that they they, they have a um, large uh, population. You know, um, you know, in um. So, south of Kenya and uh, also uh, some uh, cities in Tanzania uh, that um, Muslims are very, um, you, you know, uh, you, 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 you can easily say that if they are Shia or Sona, they're very, uh, they, they, they live in, in a family, some of them are like my, like my own family. Some of them are Sona, some of them are Shia, they, 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 their, their relationship uh, between them is like that, uh, but I don't know if there are uh, any Shia, uh, Shia groups or something like that. I, I really don't know. Mm -hmm. there there's a, the, the, yeah, there's the, a lot of Shia came over with the South with the South Asian exactly. like 
British South Asian migrant worker yeah. slash slavery kind of situation they had going there for a while where the British would import uh, people from their other colonies to work there. So you have, they call them Muindi, which is like the, the Bantu way of tribalizing a people. You put an M in front of it. So they're like the Indian, the Muindian tribe. That's what they call them in the, in the language of East Africa. So the Muindis are everywhere, and a lot of Muindis are of of uh, different uh, the different Islamic traditions, but they're also uh, Hindus, and there's also there uh, uh, the uh, there's representatives I've seen from all the South Asian religions, in, even Jain. I met Jain. Jainism is a very small, uh, relatively small uh, sect, so that I think you get sort of cross-section of South Asian faiths in East Africa, which most people don't understand. But it's not like you would come to uh, uh, it, normally it's not like a Afri like Africans who've been there for six generations who are uh, it's not people who you would ethnically classify as an African, just looking at them. It's people who are who are ethnically tied to a South Asian heritage. They're definitely, politically, they are citizens and they've been there for a very long time. And they were often brought there against their will. So it's not like these are foreign people, but they're culturally often slightly segregated. So that's how I would explain it to people who are listening and don't understand East Africa. Is like you have groups there that are just like in Western countries, you have people who come from all over the world and so the Shia-Sunni divide is probably along ethnic lines as well. Would you say that's true in uh, Kenya or Tanzania? Like the Shia you find there, what, what ethnic background do you think they trace themselves to? Like what part of Asia are they from? Shia NGOs, you mean? The Shia people that you find in Tanzania in Kenya. or Kenya. You know, uh, you know, as I saw, there are some, uh, the Shia are uh, some of them uh, uh, from uh, Kuwait and some of them are uh, Khoja and from India, I mean. And um, also uh, these, these, these two big groups, um, but uh, uh, there are uh, in in the big cities, uh, especially in Nairobi, uh, there are some um, Iranian uh, students that uh, that that they studied uh, in um, uh, in Iran in Qom, and now they are now in um, uh, Nairobi and they have their own activities. Wow. Yeah, I okay. think there are also many Khojas in Tanzania. That's why I was asking. Yes, like, yes. I personally know that there are Khojas who are, who are, who are like mostly Shias and they have Indian backgrounds and Tanzanian backgrounds. Yes, yes. So yes, that's, yes. yeah. And there, what there part of India the, do they come from? The huge I don't know. country. Oh, okay. That would be interesting to know. If it's geographically you know, uh, centered this, in India. Because they, they have a mixed background. It's not that they are only, I mean, like they have Indian, some even, I think, some parts of uh, Iran and then Tanzanian backgrounds. It's not like that they are, they come from one particular place in India. I mean, okay. they certainly do, but it's like it's a mixed uh, culture. It's not uh, only in Indian. Right. Okay. Yes, you know, um... Just uh, when uh, in these days, uh, I read some uh, interesting stories uh, that, uh, for example, some uh, Baluchi people uh, from Iran, uh, from for example Nikshar or from uh, Sarbaz, uh, they came here about uh, I think about 400 years ago. Uh, that uh, they. There, there, there was a the, because of the uh, uh, Portuguese uh, colonialism, they came here to uh, help uh, the people in Mombasa in South Africa uh, to stand against uh, 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 Portuguese. 
And uh, also that there are some stories about Shirazi people that uh, they had a relationship uh, maybe from uh, 800 years ago or mm -hmm. uh, some of them said no, 500 years ago. And you know, in this area, that there was that uh, there was a lot of um, re relationship between uh, Arabic countries uh, and uh, India and Iran and this part of um, uh, Africa. And uh, as you know, um, you know the first the first uh, place that. Um, uh, that the Muslims uh, went um, uh, uh, by the leadership of uh, Jafar ibn Abi Talib uh, was here in Ethiopia. You know, it's uh, it's the uh, it's the neighbor of Kenya. You know, uh, from those days they, they had this um, relationship with Islamic countries, and uh, it was in the, the in the um, early centuries after uh, Islam, that they became Muslim. Interesting. Well, and also the 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 Mediterranean or the um, Indian Sea coastline there along the the east coast of Africa was sort of like the African Silk Road back in the that era of yes. trade, you know, sea trading. That's where all the ships would go back and forth up to Asia and take goods back. So there was not a lot of interaction between the world and in inside the continent of Africa because it was very difficult to travel and there's diseases and very difficult to move inside. But along the coast was very multicultural for thousands of years. So it makes sense that there would be Shia who could trace their roots back hundreds and hundreds of years. That's interesting, but there's groups, for example, what I what I was alluding to, like the the uh, Sikh community. They come from a very kind of localized area in India, usually on the Pakistani border, and you'll find them in in India. But they didn't come back that far. They came like, very recently. So there's there religious mixing in East Africa that comes from all over. I'm wondering if there's any that and if there's any uh, like Shia that have come in a more recent migration or wave of immigration to East Africa, do you know of any of them like through the, I don't, I don't know if they would have come because of conflicts or if Iranians, did any Iranian refugees end up in East Africa during the like Iran-Iraq war? Is there anyone there? from that period? No, 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 not, okay. not like that. Uh, but uh, 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 as I told you, you know, they had a re relationship in in um, different cases. For example, um, uh, they, there was a house in Lamo, uh, that, that there was an area in, in Lamo that is called Bandar Abbas. And Bandar Abbas oh. is the name of the city in Iran. And uh, when I asked them about their story, they said that, that, that there was a man called Abbas. And uh, some of them said that, that, that he was Iranian, that the other said he was Arab. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, he, 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 he went to, um, to Lamo. Those days, the, the, the people in Lamo had uh, had problem in um, in uh, food, and he uh, learned them how how to fish how to fishing they, 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 how 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 fishing you know in better way. Mm -hmm. So you know um, uh, I, I want to say that 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 they had uh, this um, relationship, and also about the uh, about building the house. Uh, there's some of Iranian or. Uh, I believe I I think that they were from south of Iran, for example, Boucher or Bandar Abbas or something like that. Uh, that they uh, export a mangrove to the Lamo or something like that. They had this relationship from many years ago. That uh, unfortunately, colonialism um, 
broke all these relationships. Mm. Uh, especially the, the colonialism of uh, uh, Portuguese and after that, the British colonialism. Yeah, okay. That's yeah, that's very interesting to know. Well, that's one um, of the things, like, just not to distract away from the rainy, that, that it is, Afri East Africa is a very fascinating place. I mean, even when I, I, I met people who are Korean, who are, uh, who live in East, who not just for one generation, they've been there for, since the Korean War, like they were refugees from the Korean War. And it's un not uncommon to have Koreans who live in Africa as Africans, like they, and uh, now you're talking about Ukrainians who've been refugees there. From the Western perspective, it's often racialized as if Africa is a black continent, but it's actually extremely diverse, including all the religious diversities in which Shia is one of them. But I think, would you say that Shia are being uh, politically persecuted in East Africa? Um, I really don't know. Okay. Did did you meet Shias in uh, in Kenya or like do you know? Yes. But you said yes. that like there are both Shias and Sunnis and it's yes, not that they. Yes. Uh, for example, uh, now I'm in uh, my cousin's house. Uh, she's Shia and uh, her husband is Sunna. And uh, some of my uncles, some of them are Shias. Some of some of others are Sunna. Uh, you know, as I told you, uh, they're like that. They, they, they were always like that in these uh, years. But, uh, you know, uh, these few days, um, maybe, it, may, maybe it is about uh, 20 years, something like that, uh, that they have uh, their, uh, their own identity. Uh, that is... Uh, before that, they, um, they, 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 the Shia uh, didn't have schools or uh, didn't have their own mosque. They, 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 they had, uh, they, they, you know, they, 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 they prayed in the uh, in, in with the Sunnah. But uh, these years, um, I say, unfortunately, uh, they have uh, their own schools and their own mosques, something like They're that. They're more segregated. Mm -hmm. Yes. No, but it is like that. Now, uh, I think that uh, these days uh, everything is okay. Uh, they have, um, they have, uh, they have um, a friendly uh, relationship. Uh, but uh, you know, uh, sometimes I'm, uh, I'm afraid that if uh, they, um, they have. Um, uh, they have some, uh, uh, you know, some 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 problems because um, in in uh, every place that that they uh, that she and Sosona live together, um, some uh, Saudi people or some British people, uh, they, mm -hmm. uh, they 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 always have have uh, different ways different program to 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 uh, to make this the the uh, relationship between them yeah yeah there's but always nowadays, everything is okay too. okay we hope it continues to be okay and people are vigilant enough not to fall for those conspiracies and plots because it's 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 probably easy uh, to fall for them if you like you feel you're pursuing um, you know your religious passions but there's a very thin line between passion and then sectarianism like that uh, so it's yeah. yeah you have to be very yes so you have to be very careful about that yeah well, that's one of the imperialist last... tricks is they're always dividing and conquering whatever could be a potential political movement against them. So like Islam is a huge uh, number of people in the you. world. Uh, excuse I, me. I was just saying like is, it's it's an imperialist. It's very, it's an old I, I, imperialist. I don't have your, uh, your voice. Oh, you can't hear me? Hmm. I, can, I, can, I can hear you. Okay. I can hear you, but do you hear me, Fatima? Yes, yes, I hear you, Satara. But you don't hear me? No, no. All right. <laughs> okay. 
Well, we could. I I could try it again. Uh, uh, would you please talk again? Maybe if I. Uh, I don't know if I can hear yeah, you. Yeah, sure. Not. Yes, I can hear you. Do you hear me okay. now? Yes, okay. yes, yes. Chris, talk. Can you hear me? Okay. Can you hear me? No. Mm, I don't hear Chris. I'm watching. All right. Wow, that's very well, strange because I can hear him. Uh, there is some plots there. I don't know what's the problem. Oh. Interesting. Did you do yeah. You okay? Yeah, that's very strange because I can hear you. Wow. I, was I, I can hear Chris. Oh, you can? You said wow, okay, yes. Great. Okay, okay yeah, wow. I, okay. <laughs> I don't know what happened. But anyway, I was just saying, I'm I was just going to follow sorry, up. I, I uh, think it, I have the problem. Okay. I was just going to follow up and say that that's an it's like a old imperialist prod, uh, or tactic that went back to the Romans. You know, they're, they're, I think it's just kind of a like a law of physics that if you want to maintain power, you have to divide and conquer your enemies. And it's, it's a lot easier to do that than to fight them directly. And Muslims represent a huge portion of the global population. And if they are unified around some political uh, project, they pose a threat to the other imperial goals. So this Sunni-Shia divide, I'm honestly surprised there aren't more divisions in Islam because uh, it seems like, you know, religions are can be easily divided. So uh but there's been that i guess the u.s war in iraq really is the is the point where that division really took firm root um with the cia you know operations to have sunnis bomb shias and shia bomb sunnis and since then it's been kind of uh driven home by the persecution of iran under sanctions um by mostly israeli driven policy but uh it's good to know that the shia in east africa are for the most part being left to their uh, own um, devices that's good to know uh because yeah, east africa has is... been a position has been in a position in the war on terror which i think has basically wound down uh, was in a position where they were trying to accomplish things through bombings and that sort of stuff that happened quite a bit in uganda yeah but the thing is like um uh, i think uh if um I, like religious scholars as well as people are like ordinary people are vigilant and they're aware of the plots i mean th that's like um it's very important. I think in the case of uh, Saddam's war on Iran, I don't think people saw it as a Sunni-Shia conflict at all. It was more about Arab nationalism that Saddam was uh, promoting, and because the victims in Iran were both, you know, Shias and Sunnis, and uh, and Iranians did not see Saddam as a Muslim whether Sunni or Shia attacking them at all. Um, so, because he wasn't using, probably because well, like one part was, he wasn't using religion as a pretext, uh, was using nationalism, Arab nationalism mostly. Oh, I know couples so, who were Shia, one, the, one of the, you know, the husband was Shia and the wife was Sunni in Iraq and they lived happily until the post, until after the US occupation and then the Shia and Sunni were driven into this sectarian psychosis and the, you know, yeah. the marriage fell apart in a very violent way. And uh -huh. that's because of this kind of mind game that's played upon to try and divide groups. So that's, I think that's one of the things that it should be, especially in Iranian, like sort of discourse, political discourse, this like open dialogue of, of these kind of tricks that they play because that's what they're going to do obviously if it's needed they're going to try and create hatred uh where they're just there's no need for hatred uh in these things yeah but, that's true yeah 
I think uh, like Fatameh should talk about this, but I I totally. personally think that uh, the Iranian supreme leader is has like a very strict red lines on those things. Like he calls haram anything that would potentially cause uh, you know a new division between Sunnis and Shias. Uh, but there are unfortunately there are voices in Iran who out of religious passion and fanaticism uh, fuel this the fire of like this sectarian uh, conflicts unfortunately so uh, but I think like yeah the majority probably don't really care about Shias and Sunnis it's just they consider themselves Muslim but I want to ask Fatima how she feels about it because I know that you have also worked or your your NGO has worked in uh, yes. like majority Sunni areas in Iran. Yeah, yeah, sure. And also in uh, you know the the countries that that uh, we have activities, the, the the children that that we support, most of them are Sunni. We never ask them if you are Sunni or Shia or if you are Muslim or non non Muslim. But the but the the countries most of them are Sunni. Uh, in Palestine, in Syria, in uh, Eastern, uh, in, um, in the, the 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 country in uh, North of Africa, uh, most of them are Sunni. And uh, you know, uh, as you said, uh, the leader said uh, anything that you say and just hurts the Sunni. Just hurt them. It's haram. No, it's exactly. uh, very, um, it's very, very clear. Uh, this sentence. Um, I, I, I don't know what to say, but to add, uh, because I think that uh, you said uh, everything about this issue. Um, but um, I, 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 as I know that uh, this. Um, uh, we all uh, are um, Sunni, Shia, and Christian, uh, and any other groups. Uh, we are in the same side against uh, colonialism, against imperialism. Okay, mm -hmm. and uh, these uh, these divisions are very foolish. If we want to talk about this, these foolish matters. That's yeah, very I true. I As couldn't agree more. And as the last uh, question, because we have been keeping you for a long time, I know you had things to do after that, uh, after this interview, but uh, you also work with uh, an orphanage in Kenya. Is that correct? Can you tell yes. us about that? Um, you know, uh, it was about two years ago that um, an orphanage from Kenya um, you know, we got uh, familiar with this orphanage through uh, one of our friends uh, who was in Kenya those days. And uh, we started supporting them. Uh, this orphanage is called uh, Mama Clara's Orphanage. Uh, and uh, we, uh, there are more than, um, now there are more than 60, uh, or 60 I think 58. Orphans live uh, in a house. Uh, those days, they 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 didn't have um, anything. Uh, when I say anything, it means anything. They they didn't have food to eat. Uh, we started supporting them, uh, and um, uh, Alhamdulillah, thanks God. After uh, two years, they could uh, they could uh, solve their problems. Uh, People uh, helped them very much. Uh, it, it was very interesting for me that Iranian people uh, helped the people, helped some orphans in uh, in Africa, uh, that they are not even Muslims. And um, uh, nowadays I came here to just uh, to, to solve some some other issues that that they face. Um, and that's it. That it was, uh, you know, um, I, I can um, uh, I can explain my feeling when I see the orphans. 
they're very, very, very nice. Uh, they're full of uh, emotions. And, uh, you know, um, I really believe that it's a part of paradise. Uh, that's why yeah. we call this house the children of paradise. Nice. It's beautiful. Yes. Uh, is there a way you, for people? Here, go ahead. Uh, is there a way for people like uh, international uh, viewers uh, of our channel for them to help? Uh, you know, there are a lot of um, orphanages, unfortunately, in Nairobi. Uh, today, I just walked around and went to uh, other orphanages. Uh, and um, they have the same situation. Um, but um, uh, these, uh, um, uh, the, the children of paradise, uh, they have a, uh, they, they have a account in, um, oh, in court surfing. That's why the, uh, many people from uh, different countries um, mm. uh, came and visit them. Um, and but, and t today I could uh, I went to I just searched in Google and I find and uh, more than I think about thirty um, orphanages in Nairobi and I just went to some of them. Um, you know that um, you know some children they live in a bad situation unfortunately. Uh, Muslim Christians and yeah. liked it. Yeah, I've I've experienced with them in in East Africa too, the orphanages, and it it's kind of hit or miss. So it's good that you found a you know a good one because there's sort of it often feeds into this greater kind of colonialist mindset of going to help the Africans, and then there was this in the 80s because of the severe uh food shortages in ethiopia there was a lot of ngos that sort of made their mark by helping the children and taking pictures of starving children and so there's become enculturated in the western mindset that one of the re reasons you go to africa other than looking at lions is you go there to help the poor children and so because of that sort of cultural mindset there's a lot of uh orphanages that have realized that or and you know in Uganda one of the orphanages that sort of was notorious where I was living people knew that the kids weren't even orphans they were like just the kids of the guy who ran it and he was just kind of milking dumb tourists who would come and like support his own kids so like there is kind of a you have to do your research so I'm glad you're very aware of that and working on working in that issue but if you how do you manage to fund them from iran is there is there sanctions between the kenyan and iranian financial systems or can you easily do that uh you know uh, we found a way uh truth um uh, one of iranian uh, people who live uh, in uh, kenya uh we um, we sent uh, from iran we sent money to one of his family in Iran and here he sent money to our uh, children in, in the orphanage. Oh that's good that's good we figure out a way around but, it yeah. Yeah yes. but do you have an internet do they have an international uh, bank account or like a PayPal account or something that uh, people can Yes I think they donate. have PayPal Yes they have your organization? You know, uh, some of our, our, uh, no, the our account friends um, they, they, they help them through PayPal is there a way to support your organization if for internet do you have an international bank account in some other country like for your organization like the for your ngo for your for your ngo is there a way to donate internationally like have you opened a bank account in an in a like, not country? yet uh, unfortunately we couldn't do that but that in was... each country that 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 we uh, that that we uh, we have the uh, activities, uh, you know, uh, we found a way to uh, to uh, to uh, tran uh, to transferring money. Oh, that's Different good. ways from um, to transferring money. 
Yemen, Palestine, you know, these countries seems uh, impossible, but uh, we, we, we uh, found a way. Oh, that's excellent. Great. That's what it takes, some creativity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, great. Okay, so Chris, do you have any questions? No, that's great. I'm, I'm glad we were able to, to uh, connect with you and hopefully we will put your organization's information in the in the description and uh, hopefully we can help get some more people aware of what you're doing. I really uh, respect the work you're doing. It's hard work. A lot of people don't appreciate the the amount of effort it takes to do the administrative side of that, especially when you're trying to do it with a small number of people and a small budget. It's really, really difficult. So good job. Um, yeah, good job. Yeah, that's kind of you. Uh, but I think that uh, if, um, you know, um, Tabasson, the Tabasson project, um, uh, uh, improved me that uh, if you want, you can, uh, you know, uh, it was uh, in, especially with good friends, uh, even if there are not a lot, uh, you can do anything. Well, yeah, I think uh, by by helping um, um, like children of war in other countries coming from Iran, a country under severe sanctions, you are actually proving that you can if you want. And then, yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing, I think. Okay, Fatima, thank you so much. And I really enjoyed thank the conversation. And oh, thanks too. everyone for tuning into another episode of Twice Told Tales. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and to our podcast on different platforms that you can find available in the descriptions. Thank you.